Right, get us up to speed. You're there in Norway, and actually, Haltia is the highest mountain in Finland. Isn't that isn't that right? That's right. That's not particularly high, but that's still <laughs> the highest mountain in Finland. Yes. How high is it? Well, I think it's one thousand three hundred twenty-seven meters over sea level. So that's not much, but not comparing to Norway where I live now. But it's still the highest one in Finland. <laughs> Have you ever been to that spot in Norway where I see pictures all the time of the? It's like a big uh, ledge look overlooking a huge. It's I guess it's a lake. I don't I can't remember what the name of it is, but yeah, um, yeah, Bessegen. Yes, yeah. I've, I've been walking that a couple of times. Yes. Wow. When I go to Norway, that's where I'm going. Anyway, get us up to speed. What's going on with you and your trumpet and musical activities there in Norway? Yeah, I'm, I'm working in the Oslo Philharmonic Orchestra. Mm. I've been here for the last um, 28 years. Mm. And I'm, I'm currently teaching at the Norwegian Academy. I've done that the last 10 years. And that's what I'm doing. Very nice. Well, this podcast is, if you want to break it down to the nitty-gritty, it's about peak musical performance. And you are obviously a peak musical performer. And so we're going to just dive into it and see what makes you tick, Jonas. But uh, to understand what makes you tick and what makes you a peak performer, we have to understand some stories that maybe you don't want to share, but they're, they're important for us to understand, to see the whole picture. And we start the interview with what you would consider to be one of your worst performance moments, a time where you thought that you were going to do well and for whatever reason, it just didn't go as you planned. Can you think of a moment like that? Yeah, I can. Um, it's popped up in my head over and over again. Every time I get a little bit nervous, I think about that performance uh, as a dreadful performance many years ago and I don't want to get rid of my head, actually. So, yes, I can share it with you if you want that. Yes, please. Uh, uh, there was a church concert in Sweden, and um, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, my parents turned up uh, unexpected, and um, it, and um, has really scared me out. I was not prepared for it, so, <laughs> so it didn't went well. I think I played everything wrong, possibly wrong, and my breathing didn't work, my intonation didn't work, and massive loads of splits. And I just also disappeared, the whole concert. Uh, but I couldn't because it was a recital, so I had to just stand there and play the whole program. Uh, and I was shaking and I was dry in my mouth. And, uh, yeah, that was a dreadful performance. Um, yeah. And um, it took me a long time after that to just come over it mentally. Um, I was lucky because there was on a tour, so I had some other concerts going uh, straight after it, uh, so I could, yeah. But it took it took me like ten concerts after that until I could get that recital program right again. Mm. Uh, How many yeah. years ago was this? Oh Jesus, um, uh, twenty nine years ago. Wow. And, so and I've done I've done dreadful concerts after that as well, but I think that was <laughs> the most dreadful concert I ever done. Did, okay, take us, give us an example. Of your what 
what's a piece that you're playing uh, during I that? Think during that recital, I played some piccolo pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think I did Tatini, and I think I did some Viviani on piccolo, and I did some uh, Swedish and Norwegian folk tunes on on a seat trumpet, <laughs> and, and I was just shaking everything. Yeah, I was in good shape, uh, and I had done some concerts before, and they went fine. Yeah. But I just think I was not mentally prepared for um, that my parents just be coming in just mm. unexpected for it. Uh, so that was uh, a dreadful experience. It's I had, funny. I had, some, I had yeah. dreadful concerts after that. I've done bad concerts with, with the orchestra, and I've done bad concerts after as a soloist uh, after that as well. So it's happened. It's It's funny how moments like that, we'd like to think they're forgettable. You say it's a forgettable performance, but those are the ones that you can't forget, you know? No, no, it's (laughs) it's amazing. You always, they always pop on very clearly in your Mm -hmm. head and you, you have, you do so many concerts. I do many concerts per year, maybe Mm -hmm. I do over a hundred per year, but, Mm -hmm. but you, but you still remember, you don't remember the good ones. You remember the bad ones. Yeah, it's funny how that works. That's <laughs> yeah. one of the secrets of the musical mind. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, uh, maybe that's the code. If you can just let splits, bad concerts, and things just go away, and just focus on the on the the new 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 concerts. And you said it took you ten, like ten recitals after that before you felt yeah, comfortable. Took, yeah, yeah. The first recital after that dreadful, really dreadful. The cycle was a little bit shaky. It was mm-hmm. much better, but uh, mm-hmm. I still had some moments that I got panic with my my, my breathing, mm-hmm. and I got also panic with my fingerings for technical passages. And as we got better and better, I was very lucky that I had these all this still on the tour for a cycle tour, uh, so I could just get in shape. So after the after when I finished the tour, I was I was okay again. I was mm-hmm. shaky, but I was okay. Uh, I mentioned if I didn't have any concerts, it's just that one, and there was a month to the next performance, then then it shouldn't be good, and it should be good into my head totally. So it happens to the best of all musicians of all stripes. Everyone has a bad day, and look at Jonas. He sometimes you just have those moments where all you can do is just stand there and suffer, you know. Yeah. But. Um, what I like about that is you, that you just got back on your feet, you had a tour, didn't cancel it, and said the show must go on, even if I didn't play well, one night, and eventually it sounds to me like you turned things around and you started to feel real comfortable up there. It, yeah, um, somehow it, 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 it's getting better and better and better. You, 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 you take one step after each other, you... you you're focused on the next piece and you should play it well and try to do it as best you can. Hmm. And you can also expect that, that things happen during concerts. And that's a live performance. What's it like for you when everything is clicking? Like you're nervous, obviously. You're all, you never get to a point where you're not nervous when you perform. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm a nervous wreck always. So. Okay. But, but, <laughs> but how, do you, how do you use those nerves so that so that you play better rather than you play worse, like you just described. Yeah, it, it, it could help me to prepare well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, I notice if I pre- if I prepare very well, I practice the piece mentally, uh, looking through the stage, looking through the concert order, 
looking through how the performance is going to go be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps me to to uh, mentally go through the concert performance, mm-hmm. and it helped me to perform. And as as more prepared I am technically and musically for for the performance, the, the better it it calms me down. Mm. So uh, it, there's not going to be unexpected things happened. So when you're nervous, are you fearful? Do you do you fear what people's judgment of you will be, or do you fear your own judgment of yourself? I think uh, I'm, I'm thinking just about that. Uh, so I'm, th- I'm thinking first of all, I don't want to let my down myself. Mm. I have high expectation of what I can do, and I don't want to let me myself down. And then I have my colleagues. I don't want to let them down, and uh, I want to play good for my colleagues. And a third is actually the audience, and it should be. I try to give a shit in myself and my colleagues and, and try to perform for my for the audience, but that's hard. That's hard. <laughs> what is the best concerts that you've done, either as a solo or with the orchestra, that you've done in the past year? Uh, past year? Oh, uh, I had a brass ensemble concert uh, during this weekend, and that went really well. Great. Uh, there were some tricky spots on it and, and it went well and um, I was well prepared and, and uh, I knew I could do my stuff and I had friendly colleagues around me and it was just a joy to play with them and play for play for the audience yes and that was good uh, and uh, this is moments you just feel natural to, to perform and you, you don't think that that you could be nervous or shouldn't be nervous you just felt feel just fine to be on stage you you enjoy that people look at you and you can play and you think oh that's this this is working fine <laughs> so it's a combination of playing music that i guess you could say plays you more or less and you're pl- playing alongside people that you trust and that you respect yeah. and also the audience you yeah. have a good rapport with them yeah I think the audience really liked this. This was a, a, a kind of a ceremony we were taking part in for the Browsing Sable. So we mm. played 20 minutes on, on that ceremony, and, and it was the audience was 1,300, and we had five concerts during the weekend, um, three on Saturday and two on Sundays. And then it was the same 1,300 on every ceremony. Wow. And it went fine, so it's good. What's the biggest crowd you've ever played for? You mean live or broad telebroadcast? You think I've been mm. playing on proms, proms many times with with the orchestra, okay. and that's around seven thousand, I think, in wow. the audience. Um, How many were in that in the in the audience for that first story that you told, where you bombed? Oh, oh, when I really when I you mean my, my parents concerts there? Yeah, fifty five uh, maybe. Fifty five. <laughs> and so, how do you how do you do you do you get nervous when you're at the proms when there's seven thousand people? Yeah, I, of course I got nervous. We were playing big programs. They mm-hmm. were playing uh, Marley Five Alpine Symphony and, and, and things like that. And it's I play second trumpet play trumpet in, in the orchestra, huh. and it's always that's uh, that's big big places for for all trumpet parts there. So yes, of course I got nervous when, when you prepared and and, and um, so what do you think is the biggest <laughs> biggest difference between um, when you when you blew it on stage with your parents and then you're playing in front of the proms and you and you play well, what's the biggest difference between those two? Of course, you're really really disappointed at yourself. Yeah. I think for the for the first one, I think I was really 
så här när jag var just I think the, the most dis- I was disappointed at myself that I was I thought I've been practicing so much and I thought I was better and uh, is that can I can I can actually make a, a living of, of how <laughs> I played that, that that evening a lot of self doubt uh, it sounds like yeah yeah and then you then you doubt it and then and uh, the next half year every time you you felt a little bit nervous for a concert you you was this concert was popping up in your head mm. all the time yeah and uh, and when you are in the, f- uh, in the in the float zone and it went well and you do concert in munich the day after the proms and and you played good from you proms for 7000 in and there's 2000 in munich then then it doesn't cost too much that's just <laughs> in, in joyful okay how do you feel after you play well in front of 7000 people for the proms Oh, you feel really happy, yeah. And 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 of course, if the whole orchestra have played really, really well, and every things who could be tricky, and every corners who you a little bit nervous, not for myself, but for the whole orchestra, if we go through smoothly through them, and then yeah, we have some moments with the orchestra when we played really well, and that's that's wonderful, and the whole orchestra feels it, and we are we are really happy afterwards. All right, well, Jonas Haltia is about to sit on the hot seat, and he's going to be grilled right after we take a moment to thank our sponsor. You are now on the hot seat. Do you think you can stand the heat? It's five minutes before you go on stage for a performance. Let's just say at the proms, since we've already mentioned it. What are you doing? Talking to my colleagues. Hmm. Talking to my closest colleagues. Uh, in the orchestra, we have different people. People, someone want to sit by themselves. Someone to want to play uh, uh, concertos, uh, and some uh, someone to play the trombone. Want to play the trumpet concertos on trombone, and uh, some trumpet want to play the the, the trombone concertos on trumpet. And we just play around, and um, and that depends on your mood, what you want to do. Five minutes before, if you have a tricky, uh, if you play the barter concerto for orchestra, maybe you want to. I want to testing out the small things that they respond just before. And so I think I do that. I just checking out the small solo things I, ha- I have so that they, they're working before I go in. I have colleagues who don't, don't touch the solo things they're going to play hmm. uh, during that, that evening. Someone is practicing all the way up to we enter and some is just sitting in a chair and just talking and some is just mentally sitting and prepare themselves. So yeah, I think, the variation is so big. For me, I practice my things all the way up just to two minutes before we have to stand up because we're going in on stage together. All right. What is the best performance-related advice you've ever received? That everyone is individual and you have to find your own way. And nobody can tell you what you should do to feel less nervous or make a good performance. You actually have to experience yourself how you find that. You should try and you should be eager to try different things. And you then you find your way how to, to deal with it and how you perform best. All right. Someone say that maybe you should sit down and, and mentally go through the, the concert and sometimes maybe that make you even more nervous or mm-hmm. even more unfocused and so, so I think you just find your own path, just find your own way to, to deal with it. All right. Let's say someone comes up to you, a student, and they say that uh, they're struggling with dry mouth. What would you tell them to help out with that? 
with, with dry mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if you just if you if you touch your your tip of your uh, your tongue to your front teeth and you you rub it a little gently, uh, that increase your your the saliva. Pref- um, um, you get more saliva of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is good. Mentally, why if you're maybe that's just a mental thing. Bring a bring a cup of water in into the stage then, mm-hmm. and so you can take a slurp if if you need to get some water. You can put some lemon in it, and that increases your saliva as well. Um, I don't think it's uh, maybe it's just a mental thing. If you have your cup with water, you're never not going to drink it, but you can have it with you in, and then you can say, "I don't drink it. I don't use it." So, so want you <laughs> deal with it the easiest way. All right. What is something that you do that has nothing to do with music, but it helps you be a better musician? I think. Um, I've been now. I'm, I'm been experiment. If I do, uh, I've been running on a treadmill uh, the same day or just a couple of hours before the performance, and I experience now if that could help you to to be even more focused. Uh, I've been afraid before that that could make me exhausted to to, to do the performance, but I now realized maybe when maybe it's a good way to just relax on actually. So I'm going to experience with that more for myself. All right. This is the last question of the interview, but it's a doozy. And this isn't, we're not looking for philosophy here. We're looking for brass tacks. Very, paint paint a picture for us. You are on stage. It's the end of the performance and the audience is on its feet, giving you a standing ovation. They don't want any more. They don't want any less. Everything is absolutely perfect. What have you just done? Who'd you play with? Where'd you play? What did you play? Just paint a nice picture for us. Of course. I, I mean, my dreaming picture is if you are a soloist and you have been performing, a, you've been practicing for a long, long, long time for these solo pieces and you're performing it with orchestra or, and you're doing really, really well. You, the orchestra sounds good. The conductor is, is working fine with you and you're playing really, really well. That's, that's a, that's the tremendous feeling. <laughs> you got all the applause and you, you have to take the bow and you are, you are in focus and you are the star. That's, that's, I mean, that's a dream scenario. So what, what piece of music have you played in this dream scenario? Uh, <laughs> 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 I've been playing some concertos with orchestra and, and, uh, and uh, I wish I could do them again and make them even better. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of Trumpet Dynamics, telling the story of the trumpet in the words of those who play it. Are you a true listener? Visit TrumpetDynamics.com to learn more about the show and subscribe to my email newsletter. You can also find us on Facebook, where we record a live Pay It Forward Friday episode each Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Just type in James Newcomb on Trumpet.com into your browser to find the Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we will be in your earballs soon. <laughs>